Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Something Worth Thinking About. In today's episode, we want to look at this moment in the life of Jesus that we find Jesus doing something that feels radically different from what we typically expect from Jesus when we think about Jesus as the Good Shepherd, as the one who is humble and gentle in heart. Jesus made a whip, went into the temple courtyard, tossed over tables, drove out animals, and made a scene. It seems safe to say that Jesus was angry. What on earth? What, what would drive Jesus and possess Jesus to do this? What do we learn about Jesus in this moment? And what should we learn about ourselves and our passion for God's house today? This is what we want to explore in today's episode of Something Worth Thinking About. Our text for today is Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 15, and we'll go down through verse 18. Let's hear the word of God together. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Now, on the surface, this moment feels completely out of step with just about everything else we have seen and learned about Jesus in the Gospels. He was born uh, in a, and laid in a manger. Our Lord was once described himself as gentle and humble in heart, or as some translations have it, meek and lowly. Jesus has just come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey as a gentle king. And we all know how this week will end. Jesus will surrender himself to the soldiers who come to arrest him in the garden. He will tell Peter to put his sword away. He will not resist the soldiers who mock him and beat him. He will even pray for those who crucified him, asking the Father to forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. As if all of this is not enough, Jesus then offers full pardon to the man dying on a cross beside of him and says to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So why the whip? Why the tossing of the tables and the anger that clearly is present in this moment? Now, the answer is actually given to us in the story. From this moment on, we are told that the chief priests and teachers of the law began to look for a way to kill Jesus. So I remind us, our Lord shows up in Jerusalem and goes to their turf and directly challenges not only the status quo, he challenges the authority and the power behind the status quo. He accuses them of turning God's house of prayer into a den of robbers. Jesus is not here in Jerusalem to be ignored. He's not trying to 
keep to himself and be safe. Jesus is here to lay down his life for all of us, to bear our sins in his body on the cross and to fulfill everything, absolutely everything that had been written about him in scripture. And that would be specifically talking about, obviously, everything in what we now know as the Old Testament. Now, in response to Jesus clearing out the temple, we are told that as soon as they heard the news about what Jesus has done, the chief priests and the teachers of the law immediately, immediately began to plot his death. The scripture that Jesus has in mind, by the way, when he says that my house is to be a house of prayer, this is found in Isaiah 56, verse 7. And this passage actually points to what Jesus and God had in mind all along. God wants all people to be saved, not just the Jews, not just Israel. God wants people from all over the world to seek him and to know him. The Israelites were to be a light to the nations, not a beaming example of what we are versus everybody else, but an example of what everybody could be, what everyone could know if they would only know and serve the Lord. And we see in Isaiah 56 verse 7, God himself said, my house will be a house or will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And I believe it's important for us to maintain a proper distinction here between our earthly, our human anger that is unbridled and out of control that leads to so much sin and pain in our world versus what we know as righteous indignation. There are things that happen in our world and in our lives that ought to make us angry. But even in our anger, even in our righteous indignation about things that are wrong, that are unjust, that ought to be changed and challenged and made right, we are still warned by Scripture in Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, do not sin. And so that tells us that it's possible to be angry and not sin. And so that's where we want to live. And so as we look at Jesus, we're not saying, oh, he's angry, he's sinning. No, he didn't do anything evil or wrong. He was without sin. But yet clearly in this moment, Jesus demonstrates to us an anger that is righteous. The temple was being used as a place to extort unfair prices on the people. And I want you to think about what it is like to purchase something at a typical theme park or ballpark in America. Food and drinks that might normally cost you, let's say $10, suddenly cost you $20 or more. And if this is frustrating to you at a place that exists to make a profit, that's why it exists, just think of how frustrating this was to Jesus. The temple does not exist to make a profit, and certainly an unjust profit for the priests, for the money changers, for the people who are selling the animals at a jacked up price versus what it would cost anywhere else. The temple is a house of prayer for all the nations. And that means it's a house of prayer for the rich and for the poor. And the rich person might be saying, that's no big deal, but the poor person is hurting from this. And so Jesus challenges this, says it's unjust. You guys are making God's house, a den of robbers. In John's account of this event, we actually have an added detail. 
In John chapter 2, verse 17, we read these words. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus is not just getting the attention of the high priest and forcing their hand in all the events that lead to the cross. Zeal for God's house consumed Jesus and moved him to take action, to right a terrible wrong. And we ought to feel the exact same way about God's house today. We are God's house. We ought to have a zeal for all things that pertain to God's house and God's family that is the church. When things are not what they ought to be, we ought to point this out just like Jesus did. And, and we all ought to be just as zealously committed to the fellowship of the believers as was the early church in the days right after Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we read these words that describe the life of the very first community that is described in Scripture as the church. It says this, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. This is what you and I ought to be about today. This is what the church needs, desperately needs to rediscover. We are to be a house of prayer for all the nations, making disciples from all the nations and welcoming people from all the nations into God's family. We are to be a people who are devoted to the Lord with all our heart, people who are full of joy and zealous for all the things of God. Thank you.